Spoilers! Spoilers! Spoiler season with us. New cards! <laughs> Welcome to uh, our first Katie-less episode of Spoiler Season. Katie is at a class tonight and will be unable to share on the commentary, but we do have... It's Min. I'm back. He's back for more. He, he had such a good time yesterday, he uh, insisted on returning. I could not stay away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we do have a, a good number of cards to review today, and a couple of them definitely seem playable. So we're going to jump right in with uh, the first card, Incendiary Sabotage. This is Red Red 2 for an instant. Uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell, uh, sacrifice an artifact, and it deals three damage to each creature. Wow. Yeah. Instant That's speed. Instant speed. Board white, uh, three damage, everything. That seems that seems really good, and seems like a reason why you might be paying, playing some of those puzzle knots after all. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I agree. I think that um, when I first read it, I thought it was sorcery. I was very unimpressed. I was like, this is just a more expensive anger of the gods that doesn't exile. Um, upon seeing instant, very impressive. Um, there's so many things in standard that die to this card. If you're basically if you're playing a creature deck and you're not playing emerge then this just kills almost everything. Assuming you're not, uh, you don't have a, a woken Sylvan Advocate, it kills Tireless Tracker, Advocate, Reflector Mage, Spell Queller, Duskwatch Recruiter, every card in that deck, more or less. And it also snipes Manlands. Oh, it does. You're right. I forgot yeah. about that. Which, like, I'm pumped about because as a former Grixis Control player, <laughs> I can never kill Manlands. Even gets even kills Lumbering Falls, right? Exactly. Wow. It kills Lumbering Falls. The only one it doesn't kill is Fumarole. But, like, if they're not playing around it and they go to flip power and toughness, you respond by casting this and then it dies anyways. So I like killing lands. Yeah, me too. I really like the ability to hit lands. Especially because those ended up being, you know, pretty big in the uh, Obzon Control shell with Sylvan Advocate. And I think we're going to see more of those too. Can you think of any good targets? Like, what sort of artifacts would Red want to play, though, that yeah, you would actually want to sacrifice? That is a great question. I think that this is another card where... Like Shrewd Negotiation, um, you want to try to, and I'm sure they'll print, you know, some. We may have already seen some, and, and they'll fit into a shell. But you definitely want to be running cards that are good by themselves, that happen to produce servos or clues. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are playing like red green, this is just tireless tracker. Like that's the the easy answer to that. Um, if you're in red and any other color, then I think it becomes more interesting, and we have to kind of see what shells come out um, and how easy it is to produce servos or thopters. We haven't seen many thopters. No, we haven't. I think yeah. I think we're kind of scared of the flying aspect. Yeah, I hope I hope we see more. I like Thopters. How oh, do you? Yeah, yeah I okay. like them. I like. Uh, I mean, I I really liked um, Thopter Spy Network, <laughs> even though it never really saw much play. Um, yeah, so I think this card will definitely see playing constructed. It will be. It will take a little work to fit it into the right. Uh, you know, get the artifacts, but I, I don't think it'll be too tough. Seems fair. Okay, uh, next card. Yeah, let's do it. Angel of Invention. Three and two white for a creature angel that's a mythic rare. It's Flying Visions, Lifelink, and Fabricate two. Fabricate 2. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and it's a 2-1. This is an interesting card. I, th I think it's interesting it's mythic. Yeah, it seems a little underpowered for a mythic, but maybe I'm just too used to, like, Gisela and Avacyn now. <laughs> <Hey>, Chandra. <laughs> yep. Maybe... But I, I think you're on point. I think this is underpowered. Um, flying Vigilance Lifelink, like it's a lot of keywords, and it can come in as a 4-3. Uh, 
but a 4-3 for 5 with Vigilance, or a 4-3 for 4 with First Strike for Gisela? Yeah, it doesn't seem... This seems to suffer in comparison. Yeah. On the other hand, like, it's... it's Maybe going wide is going to be better than we think. Uh, like, uh, having two bodies to instantly crowd something while uh, leaving behind a 2-1 flying Vigilance like thing might, might be good. Maybe. Maybe even... You know, if, if we do have, a, like, a tokens go-wide strategy, Gideon is kind of a, you know, anthem. Uh, this card is another anthem. Uh, if you end up going wide with servos or artifacts, we actually have a servo artifact lord, too. That's true. So maybe, like, I, I'm just kind of thinking of this on the spot, like, maybe... But, I, I mean, you just mentioned Gideon, and Gideon's right. one cheaper and smaller. Yeah, and Gideon's better. just so much better. Yeah. Like, I, w- I feel like I would usually almost always want to play Archangel Avacyn over Angel of Invention. This is a sort of card that I'm not going to think of much of, and then two rotations from now, it's going to be the best card in standard. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll regret not picking up like five for like two bucks or something. Like Archangel of Tides. Yes. That card went or from that. like two bucks to 20, and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I don't particularly love like either of the Fabricate options on this card, and I, I think that uh, we agree it's just kind of outdone by a lot of other cards in the four and five mana drop slots all that being said if i open this unlimited yeah i'll take it oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> house unlimited yep. also another uh flying vigilance lifelink guy to add to the uh vampire whitehawk oh yep so maybe we uh we go that route and then we pay 50 life and kill someone <laughs> just kidding so next up we have a cycle of five cards that are looking pretty good for draft um, and Min can definitely say more about that. So uh, the cycle is Thriving Animals. <laughs> we have a Thriving Rhino, Grubs, Ibex, Turtle, and Rats. So uh, I guess we'll go through. We'll trade off. I'll, I'll start. We have a Thriving Rhino, Green 2 for a 2-3. ETB, you get 2 energy. Uh, when it attacks, you can pay 2 energy. And if you do, put a plus and plus 1 counter on it. And next we have Thriving Rubs, one in the red. Uh, when Thriving Rubs enters the battlefield, you get two energy. Whenever it attacks, you may pay two energy. If you do put a plus one, plus one counter on it, two, one. Yeah, and they all have the exact same set of abilities, so I'm just going to give you the stats for the rest. So uh, Thriving Rats is black one for a one, two, with those same abilities. Uh, Thriving Turtle, I, I like that it's just Turtle. <laughs> turtle. Is blue for a zero, three, with the same uh, ETB and attack triggers. And Thriving Ibex, am I saying that right? I think so. Ibex is a white 3 for a 2-4 with the same triggers. So Min, draft expert, what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, this I, I was I was saying yesterday that maybe some of the puzzle knots are more playable than people thought because you might want that early energy. Well, these are much better than the puzzle knots. You get the energy, you get a creature, you get an option on how you want to spend the energy. It's, it just seems great. Um, the cheaper ones are, I think, obviously the better ones. Like the blue one, I would... I would love to play in the blue deck. Just you have a big, buy, well, a decent buy to block things, uh, give you that early energy rush. But I think they're all reasonably playable if you if you need energy. Yeah, I like that. With the exception of the grubs, they all have more toughness than power. I'm a big fan of the rhino. I think three for you know floor a three four. I think that's sweet. Um, and I like you know thriving rounds two for a two three. Um, and Thriving Grubs, definitely I could see that in an aggressive deck, just going going at it. Ibex is my least favorite. Certainly not a bad card. 3-5 is really good, and I, w- I will definitely play it. Uh, but I think of the cycle, it's probably my least favorite. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I, I agree with you uh, completely on that. It's the, it's, it's the 
it's the most expensive one, and so yeah. it seems like you might be able to do something better with the mana. Yeah, that but seems seems true. Do you think any of these are constructed worthy? Um, probably not. I was like tempt. I, I I definitely gave the green and red ones a second look because we've had these hints at uh, green red energy aggro, and these are both like these are both decent. And if you're pumping a bunch of energy anyways, then the ability to consistently put plus one counters on it is good. I think that the red one is missing haste. Mm-hmm. I think if it had haste, it would be playable and constructed. And uh, thriving rhino, I think, is probably just too expensive. Um, I think for the three mana, I'd rather play the four four haste that uh, also adds energy. I think that's fair. Do you think? Do you th- uh, kind of a meta question? Yeah. What, what do you think an aggro deck looks like post rotation? I think I think we need. What is that? I mean, the aggro deck right now is kind of what band company. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the aggro deck right now, I guess, is like is mono white humans. Oh right. But yep. that deck loses all of its pieces, right? It loses all of the uh, trash uncommons from Magic Origins that I never saved and then was too lazy to play up, pick up and play the deck. Uh-huh. Um, so I think mono white humans gets a lot worse. Um, it does keep Thalia's lieutenant, um, but I think that probably green white or green white X Naya or Ban is just a better shell for Thalia's lieutenant. Um, so I think that I think red's going to get back at it again. I think it'll be red green personally. Um, and that's just me kind of speculating on the cards that we've seen so far. Uh, we've seen a decent number of aggressive, cheap red and green cards with haste and some energy triggers on them. Um, and I think that the land that we're going to talk about later on today also will help to enable a an ag- energy aggro strategy. Mm. If that's the case, I, I I think I could potentially see the turtle at least in, uh, as a cyborg card against those aggro strategies, depending if... It's a deck where you care about um, where you care about energy. Sure, it might be a little bit of Irish and cleric. Which, yeah, you know, it got you life. I mean, energy isn't life, and it's probably worse in the case. But there could be some magical energy cards out there that that you do definitely wonderful things. I think the only downside to having Thriving Turtle uh, as a sideboard card against aggro is that you do have to attack with it to get the plus one plus one. Um, zero. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so like a, a zero three is still fine, um, but I think that. Being able to actually kill some of their threats would be would be really good, which means That's you have to attack once with a, a zero three. <laughs> I really like if aggro becomes a thing. The filigree dude that it's a three mana two two with an ETB of gain two life, and when it dies, you draw a card. Oh right, right, right. The, the artifact. Yeah, and I can't remember its name off the top of my head. Uh, filigree familiar. That's what it is. It's a two two gain two life. Draw a card when it dies. Um, it seems like it's gonna be like close to a two or three for one um, yeah. if you trade with a threat gain two life to negate some kind of a burn spell and then draw a card i like it or if you sacrifice it to the incendiary sabotage yeah that would be sweet wipe their board gain the life draw the card very <laughs> good and uh we we covered this card earlier too uh, i just i think it's very good um, i think also in emerge strategies you get to gain the two merge yeah. draw a card which is sweet so next up we have a new vehicle our vehicle is Cultivator's Caravan. This is three mana for a semi-5-5. Five five, right? Not always a 5-5. Five five. Uh, it taps to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and it has crew three. What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, it's, first of all, unlimited, I think it's great. I yeah, mean, definitely. There's no reason why you wouldn't play this. It's uh, mana acceleration and a body. Uh, that's, that's great. Um, I'm also thinking of uh, those emerge decks that use things like Pilgrim's Eye and maybe Corruptor Graphstone. I, I could, Pilgrim's Eye, I think, is still uh, potentially more useful than this. 
maybe 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 not. I think it's comparable, but this is much better than corrupted gravestone. Um, you play this out, and you know, eventually you play Ishkana, and your spiders go for a drive. Yeah, your spiders get to drive a, a caravan. I I like this for the same reason. I think that early game, um, this is just a mana rock. But then in the late game, when your mana rock is no longer useful, it becomes a five five. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, I'm happy to turn this on with Ishkana spiders. I think the only point against it is it's three mana instead of two, where Grafstone... Grafstone's two, right? Yep. Okay. So Grafstone does come in tapped and can't be used the turn it comes down. This can, but I think that like if you play this on turn three, you're probably not going to cast a one-drop. I guess you could cast a Traverse the Open Walt. Mm-hmm. But I think... Yeah, so I think like a dedicated ramp deck would probably want... Uh, that's trying to use mana rocks to ramp would want Grafstone... But I, I really like this for its flexibility, and I agree it might actually just replace Grafstone because the upside of a five-five in the late game is so good. Yeah, and like you say, the flexibility. Yeah, the flexibility is awesome. All it these is. cards, so much flexibility. In crew makes- three, again, crew three is a really reasonable requirement. Yep. I think a lot of people are going to look at cards like this with the uh, crew numbers that are not one, and 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 think, oh, you know, I'm going to have to tap like a couple of creatures down. This is this is one creature or your Ishkana spiders. Yep. Right. This is not a hard requirement to turn it into a five-five. I really like it. It's kind of like giving you a creature, uh, making a five-five paste in this. Yeah. Sense. Right. It's like tap this creature, put a five-five token into play, sack it end of turn. More or less what it's equivalent to. Like that's it's very good, very good. Next up we have Wild Dreams. Ooh, yeah, that's really? the rough translation right now, and uh, it is XX Green Sorcery. Return X cards from your graveyard to your hand. Exile Wild Dreams. So I kind of missed the mark on cards like Seasons Past. As did I. So I'm a little hesitant to call this terrible, but it does feel kind of terrible to me. Um, Seasons Past, you know, you cast on turn six, you get a you get five. I've gotten six cards back with an unlimited, uh, let alone constructed. That's good. Here, you three mana for one card, five mana for two, seven for three. It seems like a much worse race rate. Not to mention you have to exile it, so you can't even get it back. Yeah, you can't past. like loop them at all. It's really, really depressing. I, I agree with you. I think that, so we cast this for, it's, it's you cast either for three, five, or seven. If you're casting it on X equals two for five, you're getting two cards back. And if you do it seven, you're getting three cards back. But five and seven, like, why are you not just playing Seasons Past? Like, it's going to get you more cards for six mana. Um, the only reason I can think of is that Seasons Past is double green. But honestly, I don't think that's an issue on turn six in a control yep. deck. And so that means that really all that's left is super, super late game where you're casting this for X equals, like, four. But then I would still play Seasons Past over this. And in the early game, when you're casting it for X equals one, and I think that's the only spot where you can make an argument that this is a decent card that could see play. Um, but even there, I don't think it's good enough. I think Den Protector was good enough because it left a three-two unblockable body. This thing, not so much. Yeah, I mean, early game. I don't think you want to cast this early game anyway because right. yeah, but there are things to, to do with the cards. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in your graveyard. Get back in Evolving Wilds. That would be good. <laughs> I can see this thing playing this unlimited, depending on the speed of the format. Like I, I know that in the slower formats, this seems like a fine card to play. You'll get a lot of your cards back, and presumably you're not already dead. But if this is a fast limited format, then it's it's just going to sit in your hand and be completely unuseful. You'll you'll use it on turn three to get one card back, and your opponent will just run you over while your mana's tapped out. Yeah, I agree. I think that in limited, it's nice to be able to say, oh, 
I drew this wild card that I can cash in either for a threat that they killed or for my own removal spell to kill one of their threats again. It's it's very flexible um, in that, and that it's kind of just like, you know, pick a card that you like that you already use and use it yep. again, which is nice. But yeah, I, I don't think it's good enough in Constructed while Seasons passes in the format. If this was an instant, then yep. we'd be talking. <laughs> All right, so what's our next card, man? Um, how about Lost Legacy? Sure. So Lost Legacy is one and two black for sorcery. Name a non-artifact non-land card. Search target player's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of cards with that name and exile them. That player shuffles his or her library, then draws a card for each card exiled from hand this way. Yep. Um, this just seems like uh, much worse infinite obliteration to me. I, I don't see any reason to play this unless I want to be funny and name Pierre Noir and kind of, <laughs> kind of start to feel that way. <laughs> But it, it, that's cruel. It's it's yes yes. It's a black card, uh, so yes. Yeah, <laughs> I I man, it's like Wizards was like, you know what? Infinite obliteration card saw saw too much play. <laughs> so what we should do is we should make it so that once in a while, when they weren't down on card advantage, now we can just put them down on card advantage. Yep. Um. Yeah, I look at this card too. I think this will just be more or less a strict replacement for infinite obliteration. Um. In a deck that like really just can't beat an Emrakul. Uh, I think, though, if we see a combo deck, um, maybe this gets in because this you're able to name instants and sorceries, which is pretty neat. But the only other use I've seen for this card is you can actually target yourself and name Eternal Scourge. Oh, you can target yourself. I completely missed that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so this could read, Black, Black, One, draw four Eternal Scourges. <laughs> and, like... It's weird because Eternal Scourge is not a terrible card. It's three for a three three, which is okay. Yep. Um, and it's just very resilient. It's very hard to kill it, right? You can chill, kill it in combat, but if you try to use a removal spell, you just get to cast it again. So this could, could be kind of a squadron hawk deal where you're going, you know, I, I mean, it, it's hard. I don't, I don't, I think there needs to be more support because I think like if you try to build a deck around that, I don't want to do nothing on turn three and then on turn four play a three three. <laughs> Right, and my opponent's like, Gideon! <laughs> Very underwhelming. But still, I, I think you're right. There's some potential there. I mean, okay. Yeah. Scars like this, like, you know, I like to keep in the back of my head and just, you know, remember it exists. So remember, you heard it here first. Pick yeah. up your Eternal Scourges before you spike to all. <laughs> 20 bucks. That's right. We're going we're gonna to cause a panic in the Eternal Scourge market. Um, our next card is Aether Hub. I'm excited about this one. This is a land. It's a ETB. Get an energy counter. Tap it for a colorless, and you can tap it and pay an energy and add one mana of any color to your mana pool. This card is what I was waiting for for Eldrazi Displacement. <laughs> because with the Painlands rotating, I was crushed. Uh, it was going to become much more difficult to play Eldrazi Displacer, and much more difficult actually to play any Eldrazi in a colored deck, in a two-color mm. deck, right? This card, as long as your deck can produce energy you know, decently... I think this card plus like Crumbling Vestige mm -hmm. means that you're still able to put in Eldrazi and you're still able to put in uh, Eldrazi Displacer. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think it's I think it seems great from that perspective. Um, uh, a land produces energy, gives you the option to produce mana of any color. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. And do you think maybe even the red green aggro deck would want this card if it's a red green energy aggro deck? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you get your, you get you you produce energy supremely fast, and you just fart it all out on one of your <laughs> on one of your gremlins or something. Sure, because uh, yeah, I feel like in the red green aggro deck, this is 
you, your mana should be good enough. Like, what are you? You're not going to be playing many like double red cards or double green cards early. That your mana is good enough that you can afford to play this as just a colorless land that has an ETB of like add a counter to a creature, right? If you have enough of those kinds of triggers, maybe this is the energy you need to add that second plus and plus one counter, um, or pay to keep that four four around for an extra turn. Um, yeah, I think this is promising in a lot of decks. Uh, almost any deck that wants energy and like has room to put in a colorless land. How would you rate energy? So given, given what we've seen of the energy effects, I mean, do you have a rough idea in mind of like how much mana, like how much mana an energy might be equivalent to? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I was I've I've been like speculating in my head of like, okay, suppose there's an artifact that turns mana into energy. What is a fair exchange rate for that? And I, I definitely think that, like, pay one, add one energy is broken, yep. right? So energy is definitely more valuable than just one mana. Um, energy is harder to make. It does stick around, but it's harder to make, and there are fewer uses for it. Right. But if you can produce a lot of it, those uses are great because you have a really good sinks for energy. Um, I'd say that energy is equal to, like, two and a half mana. I think that, like, paying two and a half mana for an energy that's because mainly because i can't decide between two and three okay but if you pay two and a half mana for an energy i think that's fair-ish so in the dedicated constructed deck or if you're, you have a dedicated limited deck that uh, uses energy then this is kind of like three and a half mana resources kind of for a one shot three and a half yeah and that fits with what we saw on the energy economy list right because mm-hmm. i think it was a uh, two or three was two or three energy was put a plus one plus one counter on a creature right and like you definitely have to play this in a synergistic shell it's in order to treat this card as a enter the battlefield, put a counter on something. Because that's what I'm thinking of it as for a uh, you know devoted energy aggro shell. But I think also in a control shell, right? This could be like draw part of a card. If you have enough energy, and they said that four energy was equal to about draw one card, right? So this is like ETB, you're a little bit closer to that card, that extra card that you were planning on drawing. Um, yeah, it's, it's a flexible thing that has a lot of purposes. And as long as you can produce energy, uh, I think anything that can add it by itself is is good. Yep, I agree. I mean, I, I would pick this up even if uh, my only uh, energy card was that red removal spell that shows sure. energy. I mean, it's it's a low it's a low cost for potentially a much bigger payoff. Yeah, right? Three, three damage versus four damage is a really big difference in Constructed. And Unlimited. <laughs> and Unlimited, yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah, I think this card um, will see a lot of play. Cool. So uh, we're up to our last card for today. Um, Kambal Console of Allocation. One white-black for a legendary creature, a human advisor. That's a rare. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, that player loses two life and you gain two life. And it's a 2-3. Okay. What do you think, Ryan? So that's our white-black legend. We're only waiting on one more, right? Blue-red? Blue-red. Blue-red. Yeah. Hopefully they'll give us a blue-red legend. I think there's one more color combination we're missing as well. Green blue is Rashmi. White black is this dude. Uh, we have white red, red blue, blue green, green, green black. We don't have green black. That's yep. true. And we know uh, that the character was spoiled on the wizard site. I don't remember their name, but we should be getting green black as well. Good. Um, so, yeah, I think in standard, I think this card's not great. Um, I think like there's usually just better things to be doing for a three mana. Um, I think, like, in a deck where you want this, so you're playing against a control deck, and you, like, even if you sided this in against a control deck, this represents, like, take a removal spell out of your opponent's hand and drain them for two, which, if you're an aggressive white-black deck, I like. Mm -hmm. If you're not aggressive, I don't like it that much. I think it's just way too low impact. 
um, because chances are they like they might not even lose a card on this. They might be able to just sweep it away. Yep. So yeah, I don't love it in constructed. It might see a little bit of play here and there, but I don't I don't love it. I think in older formats this card is actually better. I think in um, modern this is fine. Uh, maybe some kind of like death and taxes ish deck would uh, be willing to play this, or some kind of white black hate bearsy or Eldrazi taxes. I don't really play Eldrazi taxes, so I'm not sure. But I could see this seeing play in modern. Like it seems fine. Um, again, if you're in a white black aggressive shell, uh, I, I think is is where it's best. Yeah, I, I from a limited perspective, I mean, it's it's taking using this uh, taking this as a first pick seems like uh, optimistic. You know, assuming that white and black will both be open for you. And I mean, the effect itself, it's 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 good, but it's not that exciting. Like a two three, it's going to get run over. Um, pretty fast by bigger creatures, which is you know the big thing in limited. You want lots and lots of creatures. So I mean, I I personally would not be excited to open this in the pack. Definitely, I think you're right. I um I think that the effect is far too weak to devote yourself into white and black that early on in the draft. I think is just a poor decision, and it's a two three like you said, which is just weak. Um, don't love it. Like his art though. I like his art, and I already know that there will be a game of limited. My opponent will be playing white black. And you know they'll be they'll they'll do a lot of damage early, but I'll be stabilizing. I have all the removal I need, and he's they're gonna play this card and it'll kill me. Yeah, and then you're just gonna die. You're gonna be at two life, and you're gonna go, dang, I can't cast any of my removal spells. That sucks. And then they'll pull out the link to this podcast and say, <laughs> you're such an idiot. And I can see, you know, I decide to play standard storm uh, with the fifty life kill condition, <laughs> and my opponent's like, Cumble. and I'm like, oh, I'm dead, and uh, that would be sad too. Yep. Yeah. But that's all we have for today. Those are our cards. Uh, we That's it for this week, actually, right? Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I, it's been a long week. This was my, uh, my back-to-school week. So uh, I, 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 I teach high school, and I, I've just returned this week. So it's been an adjustment waking up at 6 a.m. again instead of at, like, 8 or 9. So Are any of your kids magic players? Are any of them excited about these magic cards? They are. Um, so... My kids are already asking me what I'm, what, which deck I'm going to play at the Pro Tour, which I think is a premature question, given that there are no decks. That are <laughs> we don't have any decks. And I know uh, some of my students were saying that they haven't seen a set that's so... Uh, they use the word janky, uh, but like, I think janky has a negative connotation. I think uh, almost creative with a lot of unique designs. Um, and I think that energy is a really great mechanic that has a deep deep and wide design space. I think there's a ton you can do with it. Um, and I'm excited to see it return already in the future and on, on other planes and what kind of form that takes. But yeah, they, they haven't seen a set quite like this. Uh, and they're looking forward to playing with it. So uh, as am I. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So that's it for now. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and remember to follow us on Twitter, spoiler underscore season. Tumblr, spoilerseason.tumblr.com. Underscore. That's why I couldn't find you. Guys. Yeah, Twitter is the only one where spoiler season was taken, so we had to do an underscore. No good. No good. <laughs> uh, we're also on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Uh, all of those spoiler season. We're hard to find on Google Play, though. You have to go to like their podcast page, because otherwise you can't find us in the general store. Well, Google's no good at search, so that's probably why. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Google's terrible at search. Yeah. I would not trust them with, uh, with search engines. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for now. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Min. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.